Welcome back, podcast family. Today, we start a brand new focus on dreams. We're going to cover questions like, are dreams from God or are they just the result of bad pizza? Are dreams in the Bible? What do I do when I have a dream? And what does my dream mean? And so much more. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate and review this podcast because this helps us help more people. So thanks so much for doing that. Now let's get straight into today's teaching. Okay, everybody, we're going to get straight into it today. I'm so excited about the next two weeks because dreams are one of the main ways that God communicates with me. And then one of the primary and main ways he's communicated with his people since the beginning of time. And so I'm excited because this is going to help people to know that they can hear God even through their dreams. You know, during the COVID lockdown period, I felt like that everybody I spoke to was telling me about a dream they'd been having or that they were dreaming more. Or maybe you've noticed that you dream more when you are stressed at work or when you're in some kind of life transition. I know, for example, my husband, if he's stressed at work, he dreams and he sleep talks. Sometimes he will chair meetings in his dreams. Sometimes he'll talk through agendas in his dreams. And I know he's dreaming of this. Well, statistically, studies have shown that the number and regularity of our dreams increase during times of stress, crisis and change like COVID. And this is because a high percentage of our dreams are designed to help us process our emotions. God is so amazing that even our dreams are a gift in our emotional processing. So what happens is anything that we don't finish processing throughout the day, we process in our dreams. It's God's way of helping us to start afresh for his mercies to be new every single morning. So if you have more trauma or stress in your world, you will normally dream more. Now, there were some studies done after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in the United States, and the conclusion was that during that period of time and the short period following those terrorist attacks, where the world was irreversibly changed, that people's dream life increased exponentially. And this is one of the main studies that does show us that we will dream more in times of crisis and trauma. I'm actually looking forward to the stats and studies that will come out of the COVID period, because I can guarantee you people will have dreamed more throughout that time. And I know just even in speaking with my friends and family that everybody has. So let's talk about our dreams. Teresa Dedman says dreams are God's secret weapons for revealing destiny. And I found that dreams can be God's way of invading our imaginations in a way where we can't reject him with our rational minds or shut off what he's saying with our common sense filters. You know, Dr. Carolyn Leaf in her brilliant book, which is called Switch on Your Brain, says this, at night as you sleep, you sort your thinking. Neurogenesis is the birth of new baby nerve cells that are born as we sleep. And this is why we often process emotions and find solutions to problems we are facing as we sleep. We are literally growing solutions in our brains and God made us this way. Hey, go back and listen to that quote from Dr. Carolyn Leaf again. That is unbelievable. And so 
on that foundation and that understanding of what's happening to us as we sleep, that we're processing emotions and finding solutions to problems, that we're growing solutions in our brains and that God made us this way, I want to share with you some famous inventions that have come from dreams. Firstly, did you know that the sewing machine was created by Elias Howe, who was stuck on the design? He got to a certain point in designing the sewing machine, and he just couldn't find the breakthrough he needed to finish up his invention. And so he had a sleep, and during his sleep, he dreamed of being surrounded by cannibals with small holes in the end of their spears. And when he woke up, he realized that this was the breakthrough he needed, that the last missing component to make his design work was the needle with a small hole in the end of it, similar to what he'd seen, cannibals holding spears with holes in the end, all discovered in a dream. Another one, the creation of Google. Larry Page had a dream about downloading and storing the internet on individual PCs. And when he woke up, he wanted to know if this would be possible. And so he did the math and he actually developed the idea of a searchable database of links to web pages and Google was born, all from a dream where he was downloading and storing the internet on individual PCs. Crazy. Another one, the theory of relativity. Albert Einstein had a dream about telling a farmer about cows being surrounded by an electric fence. But in the dream, the farmer described to Albert that he saw something different whilst looking at the same scene. He woke up from this dream and from it, the theory of relativity emerged. Incredible. Here's another one, the periodic table. Russian chemist Dmitry Mendeleev was exhausted from three days of trying to classify the 56 elements, and so he decided to sleep on it and see what came up. He dreamt of a table where all the elements fell into place as required, and he awoke, wrote it down, and the rest, my friends, is history. The last one, the song Imagine by the Beatles. What a melody. Paul McCartney dreamed the whole song, including all of the instrumentation and all of the lyrics, and he thought, I I have to have heard this somewhere before because this had never happened to him. So he approached the rest of the band, the Beatles, and he sang it to them, and they said, no, we've never heard this before. And he's like, well, quickly record because I have been deposited with a song in a dream. I mean, how crazy is that? And we listen to the song Imagine today, birthed, given, in totality, in a dream. Our dream lives are powerful. So in this episode and next week's, we're going to look at the following topics and more. What are the kind of dreams we have? You'll notice that some seem literal and some seem symbolic, and we're going to explore that. What does the Bible say about dreams? What do you do when you have a dream? And how do we know what God is saying? And we're even going to talk about how to develop your personal symbolic language, because God is that personal, that he will often speak in symbols that are meaningful to you, the individual. And in focusing on this as prophetic people this week and in our next episode, we're going to better understand what God is saying to us so that we can better understand what he wants to say through us in our dreams. And this is something as prophetic people we can develop and should desire to. So let's talk about our dreams in the Bible. Well, let's just start with a good definition of a dream first. A dream is a state of mind in which images, thoughts, and impressions pass through the mind of a person who is sleeping. 
So Bible says, Numbers 12 verse 6, we read, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds. So let's look at some examples of dreams in the Bible. And I'm just going to take part of Genesis and the first few chapters of Matthew. So I'm covering Old Testament and New Testament. And just in part of Genesis and the first two chapters of Matthew, you are going to see that there are a very high number of dreams. Perhaps one thing you could do as a prophetic person who wants to develop hearing from God in dreams is work your way through the Bible and note down every time you see God speaking to somebody in a dream. It will blow your mind. Let's start with Genesis 20 verse 3. In this scripture, God warned Abimelech not to touch Sarah, Abram's wife. That's an epic account and you should read it. In Genesis 28 verses 10 to 18, Jacob has a dream and the covenant is restored by God. Covenant restored in a dream. The Lord spoke to him in this dream in verse 13. In Genesis 31.10, Jacob tells Rachel and Leah about another dream he had in which God showed him goats with spots, stripes, and mottled. You can see that in verse 11. And in this dream, an angel of God spoke to Jacob. In Genesis 37.5-10, this is a very famous passage. These are Joseph's dreams. And we could think of this as an example of how not to handle our dreams, The jury's out on that a little bit for me because I feel like Joseph gets a bad rap like, oh, he was bragging to his brothers about his dream. I'm not sure about that. But what we do know is that this is a very famous passage about a young man having futuristic dreams, prophetic dreams about his future. In Genesis 40, Joseph interprets dreams for the cupbearer and the baker. In Genesis 41, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. So this is part of Genesis alone, filled with God speaking to his people or using his people to interpret dreams to speak to unbelievers. Whoa, now there's a thought. Let's look at just the first two chapters of Matthew in the New Testament. Matthew 1 verse 20, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. We often know an angel appeared to Joseph, but did you know it was in a dream? Look at the scripture closely. Matthew 2 verse 12, the wise men are warned in a dream and given directions that would keep them safe from King Herod. In Matthew chapter 2 verses 13, the very next verse, another angel appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him to flee with Mary and baby Jesus. In Matthew 2 verse 19, again, we're not even out of the second chapter, an angel appears a third time to Joseph in a dream and tells him it's safe to return to Israel. I cannot emphasize enough. This is just the first two chapters in the book of the first book of the New Testament. There is so much prophetic activity surrounding the birth of Jesus and the majority of it is dreams. I mean, flip, come on. Dreams are one of the most common ways that God speaks with his people. Now, you know, one of my favorite scriptures for us here at the Prophetic Collective is John chapter 10, verse 27, which says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And we know from this scripture, we will hear God's voice, and it will help us to follow him. And dreams are one of the ways we hear his voice and know how to follow him. 
in Acts 2, verses 17 to 19, I'm actually going to read that from the Bible. We read, And it in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, in the categories it's breaking down here, sons and daughters, young men, old men, male and female servants, this is all to say, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everyone and they can all, they will all be able to prophesy and they will all see visions and they will all dream dreams. All of his children will dream dreams. Listen to this quote from the Divinity Code, which many of you who dream a lot will be very familiar with the Divinity Code. It says this, this verse proclaims that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all of humanity and the result, the result will be dreams, visions, and prophecies. In quoting Joel, Peter not only associated the events of Pentecost with Joel's earlier prophecy, he also confirmed it to be the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. In doing that, he also indirectly announced that the last days commenced from that moment and will be completed when Christ returns. What that means is that we are in the last days and we cannot get more last days than these days, right? And yet, if we are honest, as a whole, the body of Christ struggles with dreams, particularly and visions as being from God and for us today. That's Adam Thompson from the Divinity Code. And here's the thing. When we discount our dreams as not from God, we actually shut ourselves off to one of the primary ways we can hear God's voice. In comparison, if we look at the New Age and some schools of psychoanalysis, they have embraced dreams in their hunger for answer to life's questions. Believer, prophetic person, hear me. This is counterfeit spirituality. I once remember hearing Pastor Chris Vallotton say this. He was talking about people don't bother counterfeiting a $1 coin, right? They only counterfeit notes of higher value when it comes to the spiritual realm. The enemy doesn't bother counterfeiting anything that doesn't benefit or develop or advance the kingdom. He goes after the most effective weapons that a believer has. And if he can steal, kill and destroy our dream life by making us think it's the market share of the new age, he has cut us off from one of the main ways that biblically God has always communicated with his people. And being without the Holy Spirit for New Age people, which Acts 2.17, we just read, tells us is the author of our dreams and the interpreter. You can see that in Genesis 40 verse 8. So Holy Spirit is the author and interpreter of our dreams. Even though the New Age are trying to interpret their dreams, they don't have the Holy Spirit, so they're actually in the dark. So they might think they're interpreting dreams, but it would be like when my wonderful husband, puts a flat pack from Ikea together but refuses to use the manufacturer's instructions. We're always left with some loose screws and a backwards shelf and we have to start the whole thing again. When it comes to our dreams, we need to go to the author, the inventor, the creator, the interpreter of the dreams to find their true message. And as Christians, we just cannot forget the importance of dreams in the plans and purposes of God. And we cannot forget that the promise of the Holy Spirit brings with him God's prophetic guidance through dreams and visions. And we've looked at other religions dabbling in dreams and we've let it turn us off. 
We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, but God is calling for an army of Daniels to arise. And I'm just not allowing any more for the enemy to steal from us one of the primary ways. I can't stress this enough. I can't emphasize this enough. One of the primary ways that biblically God communicates with his people. Now, if you are busy with the Christian life, chances are God will take the opportunity to speak to you during your downtime, which is when you are asleep. Perhaps because in our busyness, we've missed the message in our waking moments. Or my friend and I laugh maybe because it's the only time we're not talking. And our dreams are deeply significant in the plan of God for our lives. And like he did with Daniel and Joseph, God, through dreams, is speaking and preparing us for what he has specifically brought us forth to accomplish in this time. There is a mission for you and me that will not be fully realized unless we move on the instruction we receive through dreams. So today's episode was about building biblical foundations, but also I hope and excitement and a stirring in your spirit. Because in the next episode, we're going to talk about the purpose of your dreams. What do you do when you have a dream? And we're also going to go through the types of dreams. Before I sign off for today, a question I get asked about dreams from people all the time. Are all my dreams from God? And my simple answer is no. But if we trust in the sovereignty of God, it means whatever dream you are having, he has allowed you to have, and I believe he can use it. So there was a a season in my life when I was having a recurring nightmare about being strangled, and I knew it was spiritual. And every time this thing would come to strangle me, it would say, you will never speak again. You will never preach again. You will never share my message again. I had this recurring dream over and over again, and it was so real. It was a demonic encounter where I would wake up gasping for breath. What God was doing in, in allowed that to happen, he was actually firming up my determination that nothing would stop me speaking for the kingdom. It created in me a righteous anger that addressed that spirit of control and told it where to go and that it would never touch me again. And so even though God was not the source of that dream, he allowed it and he used it for good. So no, not every dream is from God. But God is sovereign over all of your life, including your dream life. And so he may even want to use those recurring nightmares you have to bring you into a greater sense of freedom. And in fact, if one of the ways God primarily wants to communicate with you is through dreams, don't be surprised if you're the child who had lots of night terrors. I used to have terrible night terrors about being kidnapped by Martians. (laughs) I can still remember them vividly. What was the enemy trying to do? Steal, kill, and destroy from me my ability to hear from God. Because if he could make me afraid of my dream life, I'm not even open to hearing from God that way. He stole one of the primary ways that I, his sheep, can hear his voice. So I can't wait to talk to you again next week when we talk about all things dreams again. Talk soon. Love you.